consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds because it will produce in you perseverance and maturity. I was told to adopt a growth mindset and begin welcoming adversity. What's so great about adopting a growth mindset is all of a sudden you cannot lose. You can only win or learn. Growth mindset redefines failure and trials and tribulations are temporary and teachable moments. And a growth mindset no longer focuses on what you have to endure, but more on what that endurance will produce within you. And so the key to adopting a growth mindset is to look at difficulties differently. Those are the inspiring words and enthusiastic voice of Jeff Terezi. Jeff has risen to become the number 15 all-time sales rep in the Cutco Cutlery Vector Marketing Sales Organization. And he's also a published author and aspiring public speaker. But there's a real twist to his story in that Jeff battles with Asperger's syndrome. Being on the autism spectrum can be a monumental challenge for anyone in any role, but is magnified by Jeff's choice of sales and public speaking as his vocation in life. But Jeff looks at this difficulty differently, and that has made all the difference. As you'll hear in this conversation, Jeff communicates with well-chosen words that will speak to your heart. Get ready to be moved to see beyond your perceived weakness and instead be present to the beauty of your uniqueness. This is Jeff Terezi. Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. I'm your host, Dan Cassetta. There's a generation of entrepreneurs and business leaders out there right now who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills that they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from Cutco's most prominent alumni and current leaders. On this show, you'll meet successful entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, superstar business executives, and transformational leaders from many walks of life. All our guests will have two things in common. One, they're all changing lives today through their work and their influence. And two, they all started out selling Cutco knives when they were younger. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Through hearing real-life stories and hands-on experiences, you'll gain insights that can help you in whatever it is that you do in life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. My guest today is Jeff Terezi. Jeff has been a Cutco Vector sales rep since 2001 and has been one of the most consistent performers in the company since that time. He's actually had 19 consecutive years, over $100,000 in sales, nine in a row, over $200,000 in sales right now, and has also had six years where he was over $300,000 in sales. He is the number 15 all-time Cutco sales rep with a career personal sales over $4.2 million. He also is an aspiring speaker. Uh, Jeff has a passion for creating and sharing good content with the world. Uh, he has also written a book called The Seven Key Abilities, How to Succeed Seven Days a Week. We're going to talk about some nuggets from that during this conversation, along with a whole lot more. And so, Jeff Terezi, thanks for making time for the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Dan. I'm very excited to be here today. All right. I'm glad to have you here. Before we talk about your time with Cutco, what is it about yourself that you would like people to know? Well, I would like to start by just saying I've come to realize that relationships are what life is all about. Life is all about relationships, connecting with people. And if you can't communicate with someone, you're going to have a hard time connecting with them. And I've actually struggled with this for most of my life. Up until a few years ago, I didn't even realize why. I all made sense, though when I was officially diagnosed with being on the autism spectrum. Mm. Uh, you see, I've learned that if you want to be able to connect with others, you have to first be able to connect with yourself. And over the years, I've learned that one of the best ways to connect with myself is through writing. And I've actually written a poem that's not only helped me to connect with myself, that's also helping me to connect with others. 
And so if it's all right, I figured I'd share with you just to start off today, um, because I would really love to connect with you and your listeners. Yeah, sure, Jeff. Go ahead. Okay. And so the poem's titled, A Beautiful Spectrum. I don't literally take things, but I take things literally. Though I'm fully functional, I still struggle considerably. Words get stuck off the tip of my tongue, ceaselessly just out of reach, imprisoning me in some type of figure of freedom of speech. Nonverbal cues are many times missed or deplorably misread. How can two communicate when one can't translate what's being said? Therein lies the question that altogether needed to be asked, but the solution can't be found until the problem is unmasked. Here it is. I have Asperger's. But what exactly does that mean? I work well with the plan in place, structure, systems, rules, and routine. With effort and expected delays, there's not much I can't convey. But be patient. I'm not naturally wired to work that way. My condition affects everyone I know and love, not just me, which is why clarifying questions must be asked regularly. With its so many strengths, I will not consider this a weakness. Those who do turn a blind eye to the beauty of our uniqueness. Wow, that is very, very powerful, Jeff. I really admire that you put, you were able to put that together, and, and it it summarizes so well the, uh, the the some of the feelings and challenges that you and so many other people have. I think that the challenges of Aspergers or being on the autism spectrum are probably a lot more common than most people realize. And that uh, so many people have some of the challenges that are related to this. So that you were just diagnosed yeah. with this four years ago? Yeah, it actually came to a head with my marriage because we just couldn't communicate. And we didn't understand why. Neither of us understood each other. And my wife has a really good friend who happens to have a husband on the spectrum. And when she was describing what our issues were, like it sounds like he might be on the spectrum and so we actually ended up going to a counselor that specializes in adult autism and it was just absolutely eye-opening um, just recognizing that we were having issues um, not because neither of us knew what we were talking about but we couldn't understand each other because of how our brains are wired and so I've actually I like to compare it to uh, a computer so we both have the same hardware, um, but I work on a completely different operating system. Mm. And so when I was uh, diagnosed, it was as if I had an uh, update in my software system, and all of a sudden the picture became clearer. And it wasn't that the blurry spots weren't still there. It's just that I could see where it was blurry, and that allowed me to actually work on those blurry spots, and it has absolutely changed my life. So the big, the biggest difference after the uh, diagnosis was the awareness that you developed. Yep, uh, the awareness, uh, recognizing that my mind does work differently. I thrive on routines and systems, and so when my wife would say something, I might not have any idea what she's saying, and so rather than just assume or try to guess that I know what she's saying, I would begin asking clarifying questions to really make sure that I knew what she was saying. Another huge thing was it's extremely hard for me to connect with my emotions and be able to express those emotions. And so there's a cool tool called the Mixed Emotions Cards. And it's, it's interesting because there's so many different things that can contribute to an aspect of how you behave. So for example, it might be that I act like this because I'm the middle child of three boys. It might be because I'm a boy raised in a specific culture, uh, but it might also be because my brain is wired a certain way due to the autism. And so it's finding a good balance of what is it exactly that's causing it and then finding the best way to actually work with that. And I found that for me and my wife, if I have rules, if I know um, do this when this is asked, then I can absolutely do it. But if I don't have it as a rule, then it, it's almost as if it falls out of my head and I, and I don't know. I don't remember it at all. Wow. Wow. What other input would you have for people who are experiencing similar challenges? I think it's important not to put undue pressure on yourself. I think an example that I'm beginning to understand for myself is 
that for me, I work incredibly well with systems and scripts and uh, being prepared in that way. And yet in the speaking world, it's looked down upon to refer back to scripts or notes of that nature. And so even on this podcast right now, it's super helpful for me to actually have a couple talking points that I can refer back to. Because what I found for myself, I kind of, I like to um, compare it to a long train. So there's this train of thought. And so I have an idea of where I want to go. But the train has so many sections before I get to that spot where I wanted to go that a lot of times what ends up happening is one of the middle parts of that train will just disappear and then the entire train just derails. And so it's extremely frustrating that it happens and when it does happen, but knowing that it is going to happen and everything's going to be okay, I can just alleviate myself of all that pressure and know that everything's going to be fine. I would love to make a couple really good talking points that people can walk away with, but you know what? I'm probably going to make a couple mistakes and that's okay. Yeah. Well, your your vulnerability is uh, admirable in sharing that. It's interesting that uh, you know you would be in a career of sales and communication, and you know aspiring to be in public speaking and all these things that you're doing, sort of counter to what most people would think. Uh, you know, a person like you might gravitate towards. And I think it's uh it's inspiring that uh, you're you're doing what you want to do that you're passionate about without, you know, the fear of, uh, of, you know, making some mistakes along the way. Well, thank you so much for saying that. It was interesting. My wife, the other day, she said, it's kind of neat how you kind of fell into a job that uh, you can thrive in with your specific symptoms, because I'm ridiculously good at being able to focus on something. And again, if I have the routines, I can just stick to it. And consistency was the thing that I was always best at in Cutco. Um, but when it comes to autism, just knowing that I've heard it said, if you meet one person on the autism spectrum, then you've met one person on the autism spectrum, uh, meaning there's just such a large spectrum that some people uh, will be completely introverted. Other people I will show extrovert. And it's, it's just very interesting to be aware of that. Mm, yeah, that's cool. Well, t- tell us uh, how you ended up getting started with Cutco. Yeah, I would love to. So I actually was just graduating high school and I got a flyer in the mail that said, hey, come on and see this interview. Uh, makes a base pay. And I said, that base pay is much more than what I'm making. And so I went in and I was just enamored by how amazing it was to be able to cut through the penny with the super shears and cut through the rope uh, with the petite carver. And then being able to extend the blade on the Fisherman Solution, I was sold on the product right away. And like, I could totally sell this. This is going to be super, super amazing, super cool. And it just so happened that the job I had before Cutco uh, was telemarketing. And I had been doing telemarketing for four years. And I know the hardest thing for most Cutco reps is getting on the phone. And so I feel like I did have a slight advantage in that (laughs) aspect. Just being able to get on the phone and know that you're going to hear so many no's and that it's okay. And it's actually quite a few crazy stories on the telemarketing and how many times I've been told no and and how how people have said no. And yeah, I I didn't know that there were so many different words for for things. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Calling referrals is a piece of cake after doing, you know, actual telemarketing, right? Yep. And the way that they have it set up is they have the scripts for you. So I just had to memorize the script and follow through with it. And the numbers just happened. So I, I felt very, very fortunate to to be invited by Cutco to actually come in and then work for them. Yeah. Who'd you work with uh, at the start? It's Tori Babb from Brooklyn Park. And the uh, division manager was Mitch Bloom Mitch of Bloom. Minneapolis. All right. Definitely a, a Hall of Fame legend in the company. So that's pretty cool. And what were some of the things that stood out from the early part of your career? So the very first demonstration I ever did, I remember showing my grandma and grandpa, who I actually lived with at the time. And my grandpa, first thing he does is he takes a knife and he says, this is a very interesting edge. And then he runs his finger right across the blade. And 
it was a very clean cut so either way but yeah i i didn't think anyone was going to cut themselves that fast on the presentation <laughs> i had no idea that's what he was going to do my grandpa tom he's amazing and after that demonstration they they said very kindly just yeah no one no one's going to buy these knives these are these are very high priced and i just you're probably going to have to find something else to do and i said thank you very much for allowing me to do the presentation and then it's one of the uh, fun points i always get to hear them say you know what jeff we were completely wrong about that when we told you about the cutco so now they're extremely supportive of everything <laughs> i do and uh but yeah that was the first demonstration i ever did and i also remember going on lots of fun field trainings with other representatives and getting to learn from them it's just such an amazing culture of community and coming together camaraderie and i just absolutely love that about cutco yeah it's so funny that your first appointment they told you no one will buy i'm sure a lot of reps hear that and here you are 4.2 million dollars in sales later <laughs> <laughs> That's, it's crazy uh, yeah that is that is well, what are some other like moments that you feel like stand out as you were developing in the business yeah so i really liked going to the sales conferences i don't know if you were there back in uh 2005 when Matt Kelly spoke, but that was an utter inspiration to me. That was the first time I saw someone speak and think, oh my gosh, I would love to do that. And then seeing Hal Elrod two years later and uh, being inspired to actually hire him as my accountability coach, that absolutely changed the trajectory of my life. And, and then in 2013, I decided I was going to go after the coveted Rolex which I never thought I'd be able to sell as much as I did. But I was about halfway through the year and said, you know what? This actually could be done. I just have to work harder than I ever have in my life, which I ended up doing. And I, I got the Rolex and it was just such an amazing feeling of accomplishment. Not Even though I don't currently wear it, I just know it's there. And it was it's such a cool milestone, uh, being able to reach goals, something that you wanted to accomplish for so long and actually being able to do it. Yeah, that that's fantastic. You you sold three hundred and seventy six thousand dollars in in two thousand thirteen. I see here, and that's really amazing. And and you your best year ever was three hundred eighty four thousand dollars in sales. You've got another three seventy three and a three sixty nine and a three forty seven. Lots of great great sales years uh, that you've had, Jeff. So it's been uh, it's been an awesome awesome ride for you. It's cool cool to hear how much Matthew Kelly and Hal Elrod impacted you you know hal and i go way back to you know shortly after he started in the business i had a chance to actually work directly with him when he was in my sales office for a while and um definitely is somebody who i've been been inspired by ever since then and i i'm a huge fan of matthew kelly as as much of the vector audience is and i don't know if i was at the exact event you were at when he spoke but i was at a manager event when he spoke and i think that was in 2007 and a lot of people in the company who were around back then still look back on that event and that message from Matthew Kelly as having been transformational uh, in their lives. So it's cool that we have some of those similar things that have impacted us. What do you feel are some of the lessons from your experience that you're uh, using now and, and teaching to others now? And so as far as what Kako really instilled in me was committing to continual learning. And I actually, in my early 20s, just after experiencing my first major heartbreak, I was given a piece of advice that forever changed my life. I was told to consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds because it will produce in you perseverance and maturity. And so in other words, I was told to adopt a growth mindset and begin welcoming adversity. And I know that there's no one out there that likes to lose. And so uh, what's so great about adopting a growth mindset is all of a sudden, you cannot lose. You can only win or learn. You see, growth mindset redefines failure. It's no longer something to fear. It's something to help you improve. And trials and tribulations you recognize are temporary and teachable moments. And 
a growth mindset no longer focuses on what you have to endure, but more on what that endurance will produce within you. And so the key to adopting a growth mindset is to look at difficulties differently, to see daily dilemmas in a new light. So rather than letting that traffic jam make you frustrated or feel sorry for yourself for feeling sick or being hard on yourself for making a mistake, I encourage everyone to let that traffic jam grow your level of patience. Let that illness grow your level of resilience. And let that mistake grow your level of humility. And so I just encourage people mm. to commit to continual learning because if you're not growing, you're not getting better. And if you're not getting better, um, there's a good chance you're getting worse. And while no one wants to get worse, if you're going to get better, you have to know how to grow. And I think that's one of the things that Cutco has absolutely instilled in me is making sure that I set aside time each day specifically for my personal growth. Yeah, Jeff, what you just said right there was so compelling, particularly the idea that adopting a growth mindset redefines failure, right? You, you said, for example, you know, let that mistake help grow your humility. This really speaks to the core of what I would call meaning-making, which is one of the most important concepts I feel like I've ever learned in my life. I can look all the way back to being a 19-year-old kid going to see Tony Robbins and you know, remembering Tony Robbins saying, nothing in life has any meaning except the meaning we give it. And, and I've always come back to that quote, that concept, so many times in life when something has happened and I've been inclined to initially be like, woe is me or, you know, why does this have to happen? And to quickly pivot that thinking to look for what is the seed of benefit in this situation? What is the gift that's going to come out of this? What can I learn from it? Or even just as you said, it will increase your level of humility, which is probably a good thing for most people to be reminded of from time to time. So I just love that point that you made. Yeah, meaning making. That is so cool how you said that. Because in my talks, when I talk about to truly adopt a growth mindset, in light of adversity, ask yourself, what can I learn from this? I mean, how different would the last time you experienced adversity have been had you asked yourself, what can I learn from this rather than just react to it right away? It, it changes everything. Exactly. And I love what Hal Elrod says, about that quote, um, everything happens for a reason. And he does believe that everything happens for a reason, but not the reason that most people think. Everything happens for a reason, and you get to decide what that reason is. And that is so, so empowering. Yeah. I think Hal and I both sort of chuckle at the everything happens for a reason quote, because so many people use it as an excuse for like bad behavior and bad decisions, like to excuse away the bad things they did because normally the reason why something happened is because but something bad happens is because you made a bad decision or you did something stupid and i think people <laughs> need to acknowledge that right but you also have to look forward to what is going to be the good that comes out of this and that's where that quote really pertains is is in looking forward to what will come out of this what will i learn from this what decisions will i make that are better in the future you know because i've had this experience so a great great concept absolutely so tell us a little bit about how you've aspired to get into speaking and writing jeff well it was actually speaking with hal that first year that i worked with him i had been writing poetry and it's called cubed poetry the thing that helped me the most with the writing is i always have those rules and so when i was writing poetry i never knew when it was done and uh, then i come up I came up with a couple of rules that just made complete sense to me. And so cubed poetry just has uh, three rules. Number one, each pair of lines must rhyme. Number two, the number of spoken syllables in each line must equal the total number of lines. And so, for example, if there's 14 spoken syllables in the first line, there are 14 spoken syllables in every line, and that means there are 14 lines total. Now, if you're into math, 14 by 14 is squared not cubed, but what it makes it cubed is if it moves you in some way. 
whether you feel the presence of God or a sudden new awareness or a new inspiration, that's what gives it the extra dimension and makes it cubed. And so I actually had been writing poetry for a couple of years, and he inspired me and encouraged me to turn it into a book. And so the first book I wrote is called Good News for a Month. And it's actually a 31-day devotional that takes a piece of God's word and then magnifies it through a cubed poem and then brings it to life through three thought-provoking questions and action steps and a piece of good news for the day. And so that was my first book. And it was very, very based on strict rules that I had. And as I've grown and evolved, I don't necessarily need those rules anymore. And (laughs) I opened myself up to not doing just poetry, but actually writing different pieces of work. And uh, that actually happened through a lot of introspective journaling and all the things that I've learned over the years and putting together talks for real estate offices. And um, it, it naturally progressed to the book that I came out with this last year. And as far as the progression of the speaking, it essentially started when I would speak at Cutco sales conferences. We got a good response from those. The reps loved it. But then in 2007, I joined the Realtor program for Cutco, where we started specializing in closing gifts for realtors and mortgage lenders. And so what we do is we go in on their Tuesday meetings and we get to do a quick sales pitch. And people love the idea of giving something that their clients are going to have and use for the rest of their lives and always see their name on it. And we worked with so many agents. The offices began being a little bit stricter on who they let come in because they didn't want to just have another sales pitch. And so they said, Jeff, we know that you're really good at sales. We'd like you to add more value to the agents. Um, Would you be able to put together a talk to inspire them in sales? And so that was when I wrote the top 10 tips to be top 10 in the nation. And it had such a great response that every office almost in Minnesota had me out to speak. And they loved it so much that they wanted me to create another talk a couple of years later. And so that's when I came out with the seven key abilities, how to succeed seven days a week. And that was the catalyst for which is now the book that is out. Oh, that, that's a great progression right there. Starting with the cubed poetry, which sounds highly complicated, by the way, um, <laughs> to be able to put together. And then uh, the, uh, you know, the first book that you wrote there, Good News for a Month, leading into your success with the CGC program in Cutco, and then being asked to speak. I think that's how a lot of people who are in Cutco, you know, sort of evolve their career is they start putting together a lot of good content. And ultimately, somebody realizes you have a lot of good content. And they say, Hey, will you share that with my team? Will you like I've been asked to speak you know, dozens of times to different organizations and groups that have heard, you know, me or heard of me or maybe their kid work with me or something like that. And they know, you know, that there's good stuff there. And they just ask you, Hey, will you come out and share and, and it's cool to be able to have that Uh, that accumulation of good material. I think for any person listening, one of the things that is most important that you could do with a little bit of your time is to write. Anytime you think of good concepts or good ideas, write about it, write a blog or just write some notes. You know, if you read a book that you like, write it two, three, four pages of notes about it that you got the most out of, put your good ideas into writing, keep a file of it, accumulate it, because that can be very, very, very useful down the road. I was speaking yesterday with a young guy who works in Cutco in New York, shout out to Dylan Labadia. And um, Dylan has been accumulating lots of good content over time, you know, and wants to be able to put it into a book that he's ready to, to put out. One of the guys I get to work with in the Western region is a guy named Austin Oberbillig. And um, he likes to put thoughts into blogs from time to time, makes these really thought-provoking posts that I think are great. And ultimately, that could be a book for him down the road. I just think it's a great idea to, uh, as as you're thinking about life, put that into words and begin to accumulate good content. And it's cool that you've been doing that in a couple of different ways over the years. Yeah, actually, to add on that, 
when it comes to continual learning, I heard it said that all the knowledge in the world is worthless unless you apply it. And so whatever it is you decide to learn about, make sure you're always doing these two things. Take notes and take action. Take notes and take action. Whether you're reading a book, listening to a podcast, or watching a five foot seven and a half red-headed knife salesman on YouTube, just always have in the back of your head, how can I apply this to my life? And then write it down. And then as soon as you get a chance, review what you've written and decide how you're going to put it into practice. And then practice it until it becomes a part of you, until you're able to teach others how to do it. You know, over the years, I've had the honor and privilege of mentoring many salespeople. And what I found is whenever I'm teaching someone else and also performing at a higher level, I think that's one of the benefits of mentorship. It's a win-win for everyone. And so I always encourage people, be a lifelong mentee, absolutely, but also be open to becoming a mentor. Because if you truly want to instill a new skill, it really helps to be able to teach and reach others. Yeah, that's fantastic to hear. Such good stuff right there. I really appreciate that. Let's talk a little bit about your book, because uh, I know you've got some really good concepts that you can share. And so I'd love to hear a few of the nuggets. Uh, your most recent book is called The Seven Key Abilities, How to Succeed Seven Days a Week. What are some nuggets yeah. that you could tell us about? Absolutely. So in a nutshell, essentially, what I love about The Seven Key Abilities is that's just it. They're, they're abilities, they're skills. And so you don't have to be born of it. You can acquire it. And uh, when we break it down, it's all about cultivating, creating, and connecting. And so we want to start by cultivating a thankful heart, an empowered mind, and encouraging connections so that we can then create a clarified calendar and an inviting environment so that we can then connect with ongoing growth and a purpose-filled plan. A plan that not only makes sure that you're most profitable, but more importantly, ensures that your thoughts, your words, your actions, your relationships, and your pursuits are all in alignment to help you be your best self in all areas of your life. And so if I had to pick a nugget to start with, I became obsessed with gratitude quite a few years ago. And I think that's the foundation for everyone. I always start by asking, a couple quick questions to people. Have you ever felt down on your luck? Have you ever felt stuck? Have you ever just wanted to yell, forget this? So here's the problem. <laughs> We'd all like to achieve more, receive more, hopefully give more, and enjoy life more. But something's holding us back, and you can't quite pinpoint what it is. It's as if you've run into a wall or hit a ceiling, and no matter what you do, you can't seem to break through. Well, it's time to break through. That's what I hope happens for people that read this book. And if we're looking at the base foundation of being able to break through to your next big breakthrough, if we want true transformation, where to start is with the heart. Now, do you know what the most attractive trait that a person can have is, Dan? Ooh. If you had to guess. <laughs> uh. Oh, I'll give you a clue. I'll give you a clue. It's not a body part. <laughs> <laughs> no, certainly uh, you know, I think uh how how someone makes others feel like it's like this positive vibe to me is what what really is the most attractive thing. Okay, well that's an awesome answer. The answer I was looking for though is gratitude. Uh besides being the healthiest human emotion, gratitude is also the most attractive trait, which means people gravitate towards grateful people. So when it comes to sales or marketing or leadership or whatever it is you do, if you want to be great, begin by being grateful. Mm. And I'm not proud to say this, but I was not always a grateful person. Um, in fact, my first memory of ever truly feeling grateful wasn't until I was 15. I see at the time, my two brothers and I could no longer live with our parents. My dad had to choose between us and his drug addiction. And he chose his drug addiction. Mm -hmm. uh, my mom had to choose between us and her boyfriend. And she chose her boyfriend. But my grandparents, I remember welcoming us into their home with open arms. And I remember feeling so grateful because I knew they didn't have to let us live with them. But they did anyway. They chose us. And for the first time, I chose gratitude. 
And so here's the key to cultivating a thankful heart. We have to recognize that gratitude is a choice. And so taking into account the past, the future, and the present, there are three very practical ways you can choose gratitude at any given moment. And to make it easy to remember, I created an acronym that we'll use, R, A-R-E. Because at any given moment, you either are grateful or you're not. And so the A stands for appreciate, the R stands for receive, and the E stands for embrace. So in looking at the past, gratitude appreciates what it's been given. It recognizes, I've been given many gifts. And when looking at the past, Gratitude thankfully receives what is to come, both the good and the bad. It recognizes trials and tribulations are both temporary and teachable moments. And when looking at the present, gratitude embraces the now. It recognizes this moment is a gift. And one of the absolute best ways to embrace the now that I found is to consciously appreciate each of your senses. And Going back to the cubed poetry, I actually wrote a poem designed to do just that. And so if the listeners are in a safe space and they're not driving, what I want to encourage you to do right now is just close your eyes so you can relax and just listen to the words. I'll let you know when you can open them again. The poem's titled, Coming to Your Senses. Have you ever really wondered how fortunate you are? Have you ever thought your blessings could outnumber the stars? First, imagine if you suddenly lost your sense of sight. Would you miss seeing the differences between day and night? Now imagine if you lost the ability to hear. As silence whispers in both ears, could you still persevere? Now imagine if you suddenly lost your sense of smell. Could you bid the sweet scents of flowers and fresh air farewell? Now imagine if you lost the ability to taste. What joy could come from eating if all flavors were erased? Now imagine if you suddenly lost your sense of touch. Does just the thought of such a loss make you feel very much? While each sense is sensational, there's only one you need. It's the sense to give thanks, the sense from which all gifts proceed. You can open your eyes. Open your eyes and begin to see that each of your senses is the reminder of the countless gifts you can be grateful for if you choose to. Oh, Jeff, that that was uh, really cool. The the uh, cubed poem with the five senses, like that was really an awesome experience to take that in. I appreciate that. As you go through the seven abilities, uh, it, it's about cultivating, creating, and connecting, cultivating a thankful heart, cultivating an empowered mind, cultivating encouraging connections. And then in creating, it's the clarified calendar and an inviting environment. Can you uh, unpack a little bit about creating an inviting environment? So yeah, to create an inviting environment, I actually call that breathe ability. I think if we're honest, it's safe to say that most of the time we focus on matters that don't actually matter. And when we expend energy focusing on stuff that doesn't matter, guess where it gets us? Nowhere. Coincidentally, when given space to stretch out and breathe, Nowhere becomes now here, affectionately referring to the here and the now. See, this is where we want to be, intentionally immersed in the moment. My dog and I like to take a jog most mornings. And one day during our jog, I thought to myself, why don't we just walk? Well, I thought, the sooner it's done, the sooner I can move on to the next thing that needs to get done. (laughs) What a horrible way to live. It was as if I was stuck in a self-imposed perpetual rush. And to live as such leaves little room to appreciate much, like the morning mist, or the squirrels playing, or the birds singing their songs. And so I slowed my pace and acknowledged that life is not a race. Instead of a job, we went for a walk, and it was beautiful. We were able to breathe in the morning mist, we watched the squirrels play, and we heard the birds singing their song. You see, we removed the rush so we could savor the simple because it's the simple stuff that matters most. And so I think so many of the listeners here today need to find a way to remove the rush so they can savor the simple. 
And to do so, you need to be able to designate times and spaces throughout the day where you can relax and just focus on your breathing. See, this is how you create an inviting environment by bringing the here and the now with you wherever you go. And so rather than running around all day continuously trying to catch your breath, it's time that you realize it's yours for the taking. And if you become conscious of that, that's when life truly becomes breathtaking. Mm. And so I highly encourage people to just slow down, focus on your breathing. Even if it's just for two minutes a day, focused breathing can radically reduce and dramatically decrease your overall level of negative breath. And so just take deep breaths in through your nose, allow your belly or your diaphragm to expand, and then just exhale out through your mouth and just do that a couple times for a couple minutes a day. Cool stuff right there. I like the concept of removing the rush to savor the simple, right? So many people are just rushing through every day and they're always in a hurry and they're always stressed out. And, you know, typically if you were to ask them, what, what were you stressed out about four days ago? They won't even remember. And so it wasn't even yeah. worth getting stressed out about, right? Um, exactly. So good. So good. And then the last couple ideas on the seven key abilities are about connecting, connecting with, with ongoing growth, which we've talked about, connecting with a purpose-filled plan. Anything you want to share on having someone develop a purpose-filled plan? Yeah, absolutely. And so the final key ability is connecting with a purpose-filled plan. I call that show ability. The ability to show up and hold yourself accountable to maximizing your potential. I think the key is to be strategically accountable. See, for me, nothing moves the needle farther or faster than having a strategically accountable plan in place. One that ensures my thoughts, words, actions, relationships, and pursuits are all in alignment, helping me be my best self in all areas of my life. Putting a plan in place requires some amount of planning. See, trying to succeed without having a plan in place would be like throwing darts at a wall in the dark. Not only would you have no idea if you're hitting the target, but you wouldn't even know if it is the target. And that's how so many of us are living our lives. We're throwing darts at a wall in the dark. And it's time to step out of the darkness and into the light. It's time to put a plan in place. Now, it's important to note that it's possible to spend too much time planning. At one point, I spent too much time planning. At one point, I spent so much time planning, Dan, that it actually prevented me from following through with my plan in the first place. My plan has since been simplified. It's one page. I call it the One Page Plan for Success, or PFS for short. And it's based on a simple premise. I can succeed in every area of my life if I choose life-giving thoughts, words, actions, relationships, and pursuits. And so let's unpack that just a little bit. What is success? I think this is where a lot of people get stuck because the problem is most people view success as a destination, when in reality, it's a way of life. It goes way beyond just accomplishing a goal or achieving a dream. See, my definition of true success is this. True success is being able to consistently make choices that bring joy and meaning to my life and the lives of others. True success is being able to consistently make choices that bring joy and meaning to my life and the lives of others. It all comes down to choices, the decisions we make on a daily basis. Like, what will you think? What will you say? What will you do? Who supports you? And what will you pursue? And these are questions we all have to ask ourselves and decisions we all have to make. And when each answer you give helps you to be your best self, well, now you have a plan in place. And when each answer you give can be found in one place on one page, now you have your very own one-page plan for success. You see, the easiest decision to make is one you've already made. And so if you ever find yourself in a place where you're not quite sure what to think, or you don't know what to say, or you don't know what to do, refer back to your PFS. In fact, one of the actions in your PFS should be to review your PFS each day, because in doing so, you begin to experience some of its many benefits. 
For example, it can serve as a anchor to peace in the present and a bridge to further fun in the future. It can direct your decisions and protect your perspective. And most importantly, it can enable you to optimize each day and actually enjoy the process along the way. It's a pretty cool tool and has helped me tremendously. And I'd like to gift a sample to all of your listeners. And so anyone that's interested, I went ahead and made a free copy available on my website at jeffteresi.com. It's J-E-F-F-T-E-R-E-S-I.com. Just go up to the free download section and click on the one-page plan for success. There is a template and instructions for you. And I hope that it helps. Thank you for sharing that, Jeff. And I think you've shared a ton of great resources and great information for our guests to chew on here. And this has been uh, this has been really good. Hey, let me ask you, uh, throughout this crazy year of 2020, what have been the new possibilities and, and things that have opened up for you? That is a great question, Dan. Uh, one of the things I felt extremely compelled to do is contribute more to the world. And so right when COVID hit, I actually shared a poem titled Freedom from Fear. And when I shared that, I got a good response. And I decided no matter what comes of it, I am going to commit to doing one new video to create creative content and share it with the world for as long as I can. And so I started a YouTube channel six months ago. I am proud to say that I have been able to upload one video every week. And I'm, I'm very excited to continue doing so. Yeah, that's great. As you look into the future, what are you most excited about? That is the easiest question in the world to answer right now. My wife and I have been trying to have a baby for seven years now, and she is now due in January oh, with congratulations. a little baby girl. And we cannot wait. This life is definitely opening up, and I'm so, so very excited. Congratulations. H having a girl for your first one is such a gift. It's so cool. So that's, How many uh, kids do you have, Dan? Two, Jeff, and it's it's I have a girl and a boy. So Okay. Yeah, yeah little ones. Uh, six, yeah, and I half, can't... six and a half and three and a half. So Okay. Yeah. That's so I can see you being an amazing dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that. And Jeff, thank you so much for all this great value you've shared with us today. This has been a, a packed conversation with good stuff. And I'm sure everybody has gotten some excellent value from this. I, I really, really appreciate your time. And I really appreciate you sharing your insights. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much, Dan. You are doing such an amazing thing with what you're doing. Keep it up. And I would love to be back sometime in the future if, if you allow it to happen. Yeah, sounds great. Awesome. Jeff Terezi, everyone. You know, I get to talk to a lot of cool people on a regular basis through uh, doing this podcast. And there's not too many times where at the end of the conversation, I am literally surprised at how much value came out of it. Uh, and this was one of those conversations. Wow. Yeah, there was just so much good insight that came out of this. I hope that all of you enjoyed that as much as I did. Very cool to hear about how Jeff has confronted Asperger's and learned about being, you know, having a different operating system and basically learn more about himself and, and how to deal with that challenge in a way that works. And I just feel like, you know, you might not have Asperger's, I might not have Asperger's, but we all have our own challenges and how we operate and gaining insight into that, gaining in self-awareness, having people around us who we're able to talk to about how we operate and learning about ourselves and, and learning about the people who are closest to us is really a key thing that can make a big difference. I saw somebody post something the other day that was sort of like, uh, you know, anything you feel like somebody else needs to change is probably a reflection of your own self. And it just reminded me that a lot of the challenges we have in life circle back to our own personal growth, our own efforts to evolve and change and adapt and develop. I love where Jeff said that trials produce perseverance and maturity. And he encouraged us all to look at difficulties differently 
I love where we talked about writing and the importance of writing. The idea that the seven abilities Jeff talked about are not born, but they're all abilities that we can acquire. And he said, for example, gratitude is a choice. I would suggest that virtually everything in our life is a choice. There are very few emotions that are just naturally brought on by a circumstance. In almost every case between the stimulus and the response, there is a space called choice, and we have an opportunity to decide how we're going to feel and what we're going to do. And I thought that was a great reminder that Jeff shared. And of course, having a personal success plan that you review and engage in, whether it be a specific plan as he shared, or whether it be a set of key words that describe how you want to operate, mantras or sayings that you remind yourself or affirmations. It's important to have those things. Otherwise, as Jeff said, you're throwing darts at a wall in the dark. So much good stuff right there. We're going to put Jeff's poems in the show notes so that you can review those and be able to have those if you like them along with other resources as well. Keep in mind that by going to changinglivespodcast.com, you can sign up to receive these and other free resources from all of our amazing guests that share stuff on the podcast. And I would encourage you to do so today. Thanks so much for supporting the podcast, everyone. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. For access to guest bios, show notes, and other resources, visit changinglivespodcast.com. You can sign up there to receive valuable resources for free from people featured on the podcast. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives.